The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. He was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. Gracious God, send forth your Spirit by the power of your Word to create faith, to forgive sin, and to grow our love for you and for one another. Amen. Well, when I was younger, not too much younger, because it wasn't that long ago, but there was a show called MTV Cribs, and I loved it. It was my jam. You'd be able to go and see where some big-time rock star, or not very big-time rock star, but apparently got paid a lot of money, to see what their house looked like. So you'd find out, like, they have an aquarium in their bathroom or something. You know, they have, they have a marble garage floor. They have a swimming pool in the shape of Mickey Mouse. I don't know. Something along those lines. It was outrageous, and yet it was real. Because you'd see their kitchen where they ate. Like, this celebrity actually ate food. Or, or you'd see their bathroom, and they'd show, like, their golden toilet. And you'd be like, oh, They have to use that sometimes. Okay. And make them human. Make them real. I remember a few different times in which I I came into a chance encounter with celebrity. And and it made me realize that, you know, they kind of are real people, even though they pretend to not be. Uh, When when I was in junior high, late junior high, early high school, sometime around there, we were uh, on our way down for a youth group trip uh, somewhere outside of Santa Barbara, California. And we were in a gas station. And who happened to be in there but Kathy Ireland? Hmm... Every, every high school boy's favorite uh, person, uh, a B-list celebrity, celebrity, but she was, she was a model. So, you know, but we go in there and, and she was probably buying Twix or something. I don't know. But we're like, dude, go the Ireland in a gas station, dude. Or later on in high school, I was at a, I was at a, a track camp for, for throwers and I happened to uh, sit down for lunch, and who came and sat with me but Brent Noon, who you have no clue who I'm talking about, but he is three-time NCAA champion in the shot put, and he almost went to the Olympics, uh, didn't, didn't get a chance to do that, but it was like a big deal to me, like I knew everything about him, I still have his signature at home, but, but he sat down and ate lunch with me, actually watched him eat, he was eating food, or most recently we were in Phoenix Airport, waiting in line to get on our airplane. And who walked by but Chase Ely? You have no clue who that is either. But she's also one of the best female shot putters in the world. And my kids were like, how can you recognize her? She's got her mask on. Well, it helped that she had her world championship backpack on with the flag and all that stuff. So it was like a name tag. But I I could catch her in a crowd rather easily. She was there with her boyfriend. She's going to take an airplane. Did you know celebrities take airplanes? It's kind of interesting that way. But these, these encounters help us to realize that celebrities be, are, are real people. They're not just 
on TV, they're not just on the radio, they're not in, just in the movies, but they actually are real people with real lives. And I, I begin there because today is Transfiguration Sunday, and this is a difficult Sunday to preach on. Because it comes around every single year, but it doesn't have the, the, the beauty of Christmas, and it doesn't have the glory of Easter, but it's always there. We have the same text every single year. And, and it becomes hard to preach on because we all know the story, right? Jesus goes up a mountain with his favorite dudes, Peter, James, and John, and suddenly they're blinded by the light. And, and they just can't believe it. There's Jesus all shining bright, nice and clean, white clothes, all those things. Uh, they freak out. God speaks to them by a cloud saying, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And then they open their eyes and everything's back to normal. And then they come back to the mountain. And he said, oh, by the way, don't tell anybody about any of this until I've risen from the dead. That's basically the story in a nutshell. But this story brings us a transformation of the Son of God in a particular way. Uh, the word here is metamorphosis, uh, the transfigured, the, the change in form. And what has happened is the exact opposite of what has happened when I've encountered a celebrity, where I, where I suddenly see a celebrity as they're a real person. Well, now you have Jesus being the real Jesus, but it's not him being down to earth, carpenter's son, uh, dirt under his fingernails. It's suddenly the real Jesus, the hidden Jesus, making his entrance, the one that, that we, we aren't expecting to see, and yet he shows up in all his glory. And it's not normal for us to see something happen like that for somebody, but it is for Jesus. Jesus uh, causes us at this moment, what he should do is cause us to sit in silence. Because this is the Jesus that, that, that we, we pray to. This is the Jesus that we sing about, that we sing to. This is the, the Jesus that, that we read about in here. This, this one on top of this mountain, shining bright in all his glory for us. And so goes away the, the story of Jesus and the golden diapers in Bethlehem. So goes away Jesus, the, the, the teenager in the temple. Now we have Jesus on top of the mountain. It's the Son of God shining for all to see. And it overtakes Peter. He doesn't know what to think. He can't believe it. He just sees him and he says, this is a God, and a God needs a temple, and a God needs a mountain, so we know where to find him. So he wants to build those tents. But what he didn't know was that this is Jesus' shtick all the time. Go up on a mountain and do something amazing. We see it all throughout the history and the scriptures in the Old Testament. It was there that it, a mountain, that God speaks and gives his revelation, his commandments, to Moses and the people of Israel. It's also on a mountain where he takes Moses up there so he might see the promised land before he dies. It's on a mountain that Elijah goes up and taunts the prophets of Baal. You remember that story. And then fire comes from heaven, consuming the sacrifice and the altar and the water and everything while Baal didn't answer his prophets. And then we have here a whirlwind that comes to take Elijah away. And then we have Christ here on this mountain, but then another mountain, Calvary, where he goes as this Jesus, this glorious Jesus, this Jesus that we usually don't see, and that's the one that goes to Calvary. The same Jesus that gets given to us, even back in Genesis 22, where Abraham goes up a mountain, Mount Moriah. He's told he has to sacrifice his son whom he loves, his beloved son. And yet it's there that God provides a lamb 
and replace of Isaac. And then we get the proverb, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. God providing a lot of things on mountains for us. And here today, it's another one. This Jesus, all of this history of the people of God and God's work being encapsulated in Christ, now transfigured before our eyes as the one that we need. And this matters because it wasn't just Jesus' humanity on that cross. It was this Jesus, this Jesus that's here on the Mount of Transfiguration, the the God incarnate Jesus, the Jesus that that should leave us in awe, Jesus, the the, the Jesus as, as shining bright as to be unbearable for a sinner to gaze upon Jesus, the Jesus Peter wanted to nail down with a few tent pegs on this mountaintop so he might know where to find him when he needs him again, Uh, but another mountain is necessary for sinners to see. Jesus and his suffering finally nailed down to that tree because that is where he needs to be for you, for me and his glory there in that cross. And even then we hear it. He says, don't tell anybody about this until I've risen from the dead. Well, right before that, they're told by the Father, listen to him. He's my beloved son. The cloud speaks. So listen as he walks you down the mountain to remind you of where he's going. This Jesus is so important that God sends Moses and Elijah so that they might see for themselves. Luther talked about it, how well Moses represents the, the, the revelation of the law and Elijah re- represents the, the revelation of the prophets from the Old Testament. And that's all fine and good. But, but this is Moses who never got a chance to taste of the promise. He saw the promised land from a distance and died before he was able to get there. Elijah, preaching, begging for people to turn and return to the God that brought them out of the land of Egypt. And yet he never saw a taste of the promise of God promising redemption. And so now they are brought to this mountain that they might see Jesus for who Jesus is, that they might get a taste of the fulfillment of the promise that is Jesus Christ for all the world. I was listening to a podcast this week, and they were talking about how celebrities are not very happy with TV right now. They're not very, very happy with TV, and I mean the manufacturers of TVs, because uh, first we had regular TV, like tube TV, you know, and then we had the HD TV, because regular TV wasn't enough. Well, now we have 4K TV, like it's so good that, that you can see the pimples on people's noses. Uh, and now we're moving to 8K TV, where I don't even want to know what we're going to be able to see. And they're, topic, they're talking about going to 12K, which our eyes can't even see that many pixels. We can't differentiate that. And the reason why Hollywood and the celebrities are upset is because it's costing more to make television programs now, because they've had to bring in the best makeup artists that they can find to cover up the wrinkles, to cover up time, to cover up their mortality because no amount of putty knives are able to cover up the fact that our cameras are so good they can pick up all the little scars, all the little flaws. Well, here Christ hides his immortality for a majority of his time here on earth. And yet, in this story, at this moment, he gives a taste of what we actually need in him. 
Because it says here a, a little passage that we always miss, that, that his clothes were as white, so white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. There, there wasn't enough Clorox in the world that could have imitated the cleanliness of Christ. And it is here that God is showcasing, this is where sinners go, that we need this Christ. There's not enough good works, not enough bleach in the world to help us. Our, our MTV, the MTV cribs of our lives are still going to showcase some of the cobwebs, the fact that we still have a bathroom. The 4K of the Spirit, even the 8K of the Spirit, will find that little, tiny little thing, that little speck that we thought we had hidden. And here he showcases the necessity of the mountaintop Jesus. We even hear it elsewhere in the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.21, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might have the righteousness of God in him. Or Isaiah 1.18, though your sins are as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Romans 13.14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, saying there to put him on like a coat. Well, whose clothes do we need but those shining white ones at the top of that mountain? Or Galatians 3.27, as many of you as were baptized have put on Christ, putting him on in all of his glory. It is in the transfigured Christ that we see the resurrected Christ as a foretaste of the feast to come. The, the transfigured Christ shows us the expectations of a God who sent his son for you to soak up your sins and shame and cover you in him in all his glory. And this matters. This matters to us because we, we look to him and we listen to him because everything else has failed. We can only keep up the charade for so long. Even when we're sitting in our crib, one day our wife's going to be walking out into the living room and she's going to find us in our pajama pants watching reruns of The Love Boat, uh, eating Hormel chili out of the can, realizing that we have our flaws. <laughs> no matter how silly or how dreadful. And Christ here on this mountain is preparing us for the only mountain that matters for us. The one where he died and so where we die too. The one where we are on our way. Lengths around the corner. And that is the hardest part because transfiguration shows us what we wish we had, but we don't. And that is why Christ came to give us what we need white robes of glory. Going back to 2 Corinthians 5, Paul writes, So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. And all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So the call comes to us today in these texts and these scriptures to listen to Christ, to hear his voice coming to us, calling to us as he beckons us to Calvary over these next few weeks, trusting Christ, that he is who we need that we might be reconciled to God because in him is life, life for the fake celebrities, 
life for the dead in sin, life forevermore. Amen.